is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Man, lots to cover tonight. We have rogue elements within the FBI and the Department of Justice. I hate to say it, this used to be my home, the Department of Justice. Uh, slowly but surely, they're being revealed. At least some of them. And I want to address that. We have the phony Al Franken. Uh, Supposed resignation on the Senate floor. People are picking up on this, as have I. You know, uh, we're going to get into this, but this is one of the most cynical political ploys by the Democrats in the Senate that I've seen in a very, very long time. Matter of fact, let me start with this. Let me start with this. Mr. Producer, let's play what I said last night as, as the fundamental bottom line context for what took place today. Go ahead. Looks like Al Franken is going to resign. And when you have a gaggle of Democrats in the Senate all acting together, all of a sudden, they were dragging their feet, give them due process. They all said the same thing. They had their talking points. They're sending it to the Senate Ethics Committee. Dick Durbin even said that Frank was being responsible. And now, all of a sudden, they're all coming out demanding his resignation. Even Schumer's demanding his resignation. What's that all about? That's politics. These people don't care about sexual harassment. You're passing anti-sexual harassment training information a week or two ago. A week or two ago, they knew what Franken was in the House. They knew all about Con. They've known all about these people. And there's more of them, too. There's no question in my mind. All right, that's yesterday. Remember I said, when they're moving in groups like this, the Democrats, something's going on. They had an organized position. So all the or most of the Democrat Senate women, all at once, all of a sudden, had a press conference. That Frank must go. Then all of a sudden, all these other Democrat senators are joining them, and in the end, to top it off, the cherry on top of the cake, was Schumer, the leader of the Democrats, who said, yes, he must go. Then yesterday, back and forth, will he resign? No, he won't resign. His office is sure he'll resign, and so forth and so on. Then today he speaks. Today he speaks. Cut to go. Over the last few weeks, a number of women have come forward to talk about how they felt my actions had affected them. Stop. How they felt my actions had affected them. That's a pretty damn sick statement, quite frankly. How they felt my actions affected them. So it's not that he did anything. It's that how they felt his actions affected them. Go ahead. I was I was shocked. I was upset. But in responding to their claims, I also wanted to be respectful of that broader conversation. Because all women deserve to be heard and their experiences taken seriously. It's a strange time to get a lecture from a guy like this about how women are to be treated. I mean, this guy has a set, to be honest with you. It's just preposterous. Go ahead. I think that was the right thing to do. I also think it gave some people the false impression that I was admitting to doing things that, in fact, I haven't done. 
Oh, there you go. So it was the impression of the women he was grabbing their butts, grabbing their chests, doing whatever he was doing. Just their impression. And by the way, I'm not opposed to due process. Go ahead. Go to the Senate Ethics Committee and have due process. Go ahead. Some of the allegations against me are simply not true. Others I remember very differently. Mm -hmm. Cut three. Go. I am proud that during my time in the Senate, I have used my power to be a champion of women. And this is the amazing thing about the left, whether it's Ted Kennedy, Bill Clinton, Frank, and whomever. They can abuse women. They could have been abusers of women. But as long as they're leftists, as long as they want to pass laws that apply to everybody else, as long as they talk about uh, pay equality, as long as they're for abortion on demand, abortion at any time, and taxpayers paying for it, as long as they're for free birth control pills as part of Obamacare, you know, then they're for women. And yet in their personal lives, they're an abomination. Go ahead. And that I've earned a reputation as someone who respects the women I work alongside every day. Just not the ones you take photographs with. That's the problem. Go ahead. I know there's been a very different picture of me painted over the last few weeks, but I know who I really am. Serving in the United States Senate has been the great honor of my life. I know in my heart that nothing I have done as a senator, nothing, has brought this honor on, on this institution. And I am confident that the Ethics Committee would agree. Now, now, whoa, whoa, whoa. now I'm really confused. Then why resign? If, the, if you're confident the Ethics Committee would agree, if, you, if many of the allegations are false, and that's possible, if other allegations, the women just misinterpreted what you were doing, then why wouldn't you stand and fight? Wouldn't you? I'm, I'm asking the fellows either. Wouldn't you stand and fight? I'd stand and fight. Go ahead. Nevertheless, today I am announcing that in the coming weeks, I will be resigning as a member of the United States Senate. Now, this is bizarre. In the coming weeks. So, of course, your antennae go up immediately. Why wouldn't you resign right there and there? What do you wait? What's happening in the coming weeks? What's happening in the coming weeks? I don't even know if the Senate's in session in the coming weeks, right? Christmas, Hanukkah, they're all coming. In the coming weeks, hmm. But we all know what's happening here. The Alabama elections on Tuesday. Roy Moore might win. The reason the women Democrats came out of the Senate yesterday... All of a sudden, on Wednesday, not last week, but Wednesday, then the reason the other Democrats, the men, started lining up behind them, and then Schumer at the end of the day, to top it off, calling for Franken to resign, and then Franken's speech today, where he says specifically, he's going to be announcing, I'm announcing, Today, that in coming weeks I will be resigning. In coming weeks, prospectively. It's so obvious, it's not even funny. It's a joke how they are now politically playing a very, very serious subject. If Roy Moore is elected, 
you're going to hear the calls for him to resign immediately, which of course he won't do. Uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, McConnell has already said he'll go to the Senate Ethics Committee, but you're going to hear demands for his expulsion and his resignation. And Roy Moore is not going to resign if he's elected. That's, that's abundantly clear. So, you're then going to start hearing from the Democrats in the Senate and their mouthpieces in the media, well, why should Franken resign? I mean, after all, the allegations against Moore are much worse. This is all a scheme, a sickening, cynical scheme, starting with Kirsten Gillibrand, who I exposed... What, a couple of weeks ago? She is a fraud. She is a fake. In 2016, as I explained a couple of weeks ago, she campaigned with Bill Clinton. She took donations from Bill Clinton. She wanted to be photographed with Bill Clinton. She put it on her Facebook site. She praised Bill Clinton. And it wasn't the first time. She'd done it throughout her miserable congressional career. First, she was a congresswoman and got Clinton support. In a Republican district. Then Schumer tapped her to be a United States senator. She's been clinging on the Bill Clinton's coattails ever since. And then she says this year because people are, well, wait a minute, you were back in Clinton. Well, I think he should have resigned. Times have changed. Times have changed from 2016 to 2017. Really? She's a chameleon. She's a fraud. She's a fake. And she's leading their charge. So that should tell you something right there and then. So the woman senators come forward, the Democrats, followed immediately by the, the, the male Democrat senators, followed immediately by Schumer. I don't know how he self-identifies, but I make my own conclusions. Then today we have this phony resignation where he's basically saying, I'm not guilty. I didn't do anything. First of all, half these women are lying. Secondly, half these women misinterpreted what I was doing or what I was saying. And besides, I would win. If this thing was sent to the uh, Senate Ethics Committee. So what did he say today? He said enough to hang on for a few weeks to see how the Roy Moore election goes. The uh, Democrat Party that stands for women is such a fraud. Such a fraud. Such a joke. They stood behind Bill Clinton, they stood behind Ted Kennedy, and today they stand behind Al Franken. They don't want Al Franken to resign. You haven't heard a single Democrat go on TV and say, wait a minute, what's this? He'll resign in the coming weeks. We want him to resign right now. We're so disgusted with this guy. Where is Kirsten Gillibrand today? Where are all of them today on the Democrat side? Nowhere. You haven't heard a damn thing from any of them. Nothing. Because they don't want him to resign. They're going to wait for the outcome in Alabama. It's even worse. As I told you, the day after the election, the goal for the Democrats here is to impeach Donald Trump. Or to criminalize the election. I'm not going to play it again. I've played it for two days in a row. And in the end, what they're going to do is call for Trump to resign. If Franken resigns, if Roy doesn't win, then they're going to turn their guns on Trump. They've already started. It's out of the bag. Bernie Sanders is just too stupid to keep his mouth shut. He can't help it. 
Cut five, Mr. Producer. Go. We have a president of the United States who acknowledged on a tape widely seen all over this country that he assaulted women. So I would hope that maybe the president of the United States might pay attention to what's going on and also think about resigning. But if your point is that it's not just Al Franken, you're absolutely right. See, it's all politics. Bernie Sanders isn't standing up for the women who are making the, uh, the charges here. He could care less. This is a buffoon who wrote an essay about how women like being gang raped. Who writes an essay about how women like being gang raped? This idiot did. Mr. Communist USA. And now he's out there because the media love him. Now he's passing judgment on everybody. He should be mocked and humiliated, but he's not. We need to hear from Bernie Sanders. And then Al Franken himself. Al Franken himself gives it up. Here he is again on the Senate floor. Cut four. Go. I, of all people, am aware that there is some irony in the fact that I am leaving while a man who has bragged on tape about his history of sexual assault sits in the Oval Office and a man who has repeatedly preyed on young girls' campaigns for the Senate with the, with the full support of his party. Now, this is very interesting to me, his, particularly the Roy Moore part, part. Roy Moore denies everything. Al Franken says, if women interpreted what I did a certain way, and these other women, it's just not true. But Roy Moore's guilty. You notice? Roy Moore's guilty. Period. According to Al Franken. Al Franken's innocent. Period. But Roy Moore's guilty. Period. And of course, it's all about Trump. It's all about Trump. We gotta get Trump. Look. No matter what happens, that's the bottom line. We gotta get Trump. It's immigration, get Trump. It's Israel and Jerusalem, get Trump. Trump, he's mentally ill. Get Trump. There's a, a, he's insane. Get Trump. Comes to North Korea, I, I trust the North Koreans over Trump. Get Trump. Al Franken's accused of sexual harassment, it's about Trump. Pathetic. I'll be right back. Lovin. Nobody seems to care about the people who are coming forward with respect to Al Franken. They, they hang on every syllable, the people accusing Roy Moore or people who've accused uh, Trump in the past and so forth. But there's Stephanie Kemplin. She's come forward by name. She was on MSNBC today. Cut six, go. I have to say that I'm so sad and appalled at his lack of response and um, him owning up to what he did. I feel that he just keeps... He just keeps passing the buck and making it out to be something uh, that we we took his behavior the wrong way, or uh, we misconstrued something, or that we're just we just flat out lied about what happened to us. And I justice to me would be him owning up to what he did and to stop trying to pass the buck on to other individuals who possibly, they did, commit the same things, maybe even more heinous than what he's done. 
Mm-hmm. So basically what the Democrats have done, and it took them a week to plot this out, is they're calling for Franken to resign, so they try and position themselves to take the moral high, uh, high ground. See, we've told our own guy who we love, a liberal, he fundraised with us, he might have run for president, one of our greats, and we told him to resign in a few weeks. And we're sitting and we're ready for Roy Moore. Should he be elected? We are sitting, we are ready to turn this into a spectacle. They don't care about this woman, Stephanie Kemplin. They wish she was hit by a bus. Are you kidding me? They don't want anybody else coming forward, making allegations. They don't want another, another, they don't want people to come forward. They, they tried to cover this up. Again, Kirsten Gillibrand. We need sexual harassment training. First of all, they're illiterate. You don't need sexual harassment training. You need anti-sexual harassment training. The problem is you have had sexual harassment training up there. This is how you sexually harass people. No, we want the opposite. And then when it came to her revealing names, she wouldn't. She wouldn't reveal names. She's a complete fraud. Relied on Bill Clinton in her entire political career. But they're sitting in wait, and the idiot McConnell and the other Republicans, they're not going to know what hit him. They're just too stupid. They're just too damn stupid. I'll be right back. You know, ladies and gentlemen, last March, when I started to put together the evidence that's in the public record of domestic espionage uh, and the leading up to the unmasking of American citizens, including uh, Trump transition officials like Michael Flynn, uh, I was attacked. Among those who attacked me was CNN's Brian Stelter. Now, Brian Stelter is not a serious journalist. He's a flunky. He's a flunky who went to a flunky college. He starts out working for the New York Slimes, moves over to CNN. But he's an absolute flunky. And uh, I was putting together this information, talking about possible FISA warrants, the FISA Intelligence, uh, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, and the secret court that may or may not issue warrants that allows the government to conduct counterintelligence investigations. Not criminal investigations, counterintelligence investigations. I'm well familiar with the FISA court. And uh, applications are made for warrants, and the case has to be made. And these applications tend to be very, very thick, by the way. And a federal judge sits, and sometimes they sit in an emergency situation. I can remember when I worked in the Reagan administration, um, we actually sent a helicopter to get a federal district judge, who was then sitting as the head of the FISA court, uh, from, uh, I believe it was... A, a vacation on the, on the Delaware Beach or the Maryland Beach and bring them back. That's how important it was. And so um, there were a couple of reports of po- possible FISA applications that had been made, and also I drew that conclusion myself just based on the logic of what was taking place. And now everybody takes it for granted that there were uh, FISA warrants issued. But first I want to explain what took place, because it's important to go back and hold these fools to account. Brian Stelter is not only a reckless buffoon, he will never apologize. 
to the American people or me for what he failed to do, and yet what he did. And it was a, a piece by BizPack Review in a report Monday morning. This is March 7th. CNN's Brian Stetler took a shot at conservative radio host Mark Levin's incendiary idea that started this whole wiretapping brouhaha. In it, Stelter accused Levin of cherry-picking stories that supported his conclusion, ignoring evidence against it. Stelter tweeted, Levin emailed me, do you deny there were two FISA applications? I replied, I don't know. You don't know. The reporting's very murky. Really? Now, what Stelter is referring to in the tweet is Levin's brutal counterpunch. In an open letter to Stelter, published on Levin's Facebook page, the radio host fired with two barrels. Here's what I said to Stelter. Did you listen to my show on Thursday before President Trump tweeted? Did you watch my appearance on Fox and Friends Sunday morning? I know you are ticked. I did not appear on your show. He kept asking me to come on his program. Despite your numerous requests, your ad hominem attacks about right-wing radio host and conspiracy theory stuff is incredible. I simply put together the stories that your profession reported on the public record. Do you deny there were two FISA applications? Do you deny the first was turned down? Do you deny the second was approved? It's called the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. It is about surveillance. The fact that we cannot discern all the details because of the secrecy, except for what the media have revealed and selective leaks by the government to the media, should cause you to want to know more, not trash those who point it out. And yes, I wrote, we can make several logical implications based on events and experience. A FISA application is a big deal. One or two in this case that involved campaign surrogates or a server or computer related to a candidate or a campaign, etc., is a big deal. President Obama's statement is not a definitive statement of anything other than he personally did not order a wiretap, which I never claimed. But that does not mean he was unaware of surveillance activity by several of his departments. Even through routine reports to the president, such as the daily intel briefing or information conveyed to him or his staff via the Justice Department regarding the FBI counterintelligence activities. I went on later. Of course, the release of the FISA applications would also shed a lot of light on events, assuming you believe reports that they were in fact filed that they were in fact filed. I said, furthermore, James Clapper, the former director of national intelligence, has said, as recently as yesterday, that no connections between the Russians and the Trump campaign have been found. I'm, I'm extremely critical of Russia, Putin, and the efforts to influence our election, say Clapper, although I do not believe they succeeded. I, I, excuse me, that was me. That said, how would Clapper know if no connect, of no connections if he is former director of national intelligence didn't look? On what is that based? Of course, ladies and gentlemen, it was based on the FISA. Now, Stelter of CNN responded to Levin's missive, they write, via several tweets, including the first one below, which was a response to Jake Tapper's tweet that said, independent sources means, you're, uh, yeah, Jake Tapper jumped in and defended the uh, little doughboy. Good job, Jake. Now you look like a clown, too. Means your own sources, not those of the New York Times, Heat Street, etc. Stelter called that journalism 101. Because the New York Times and Heat Street 
had mentioned FISA. And then Heath Street backed off, condemning me too. So uh, now I want to get into more of this. I responded to Stelter. I said he's so blinded by his ideology he missed the entire point. I pulled together media reports from legitimate outlets and drew conclusions from them, including that there were FISA applications, which he claims are unconfirmed. Why didn't he report that weeks ago? Moreover, I said it all needs to be investigated, as these are police state tactics. I never said Obama ordered wiretaps on Trump's phone. Trump's tweet was Saturday. My show was Thursday before the tweet. But somehow this is a right-wing conspiracy. Stelter is dishonest. The media are in a frenzy because they look stupid. And there were FISA applications. We know this as a matter of fact. Today, the director of the FBI testified in front of the House Judiciary Committee. This is NBC News. FBI Director Christopher Wray appeared to provide the first official confirmation that the FBI has applied for secret FISA warrants, plural, in the Russia investigation. The type of warrants that can allow the Bureau to spy on the email and telephone calls of specific individuals. Testifying before the House Judiciary Committee, Ray was being questioned about whether the FBI would provide the committee with information about its applications for the secret warrants, which can grant investigators access to phone calls, emails, web browsing history, and other electronic records. Ray told lawmakers that he could not provide the information, but that the FBI, quote, has been having extensive interaction with the Congressional Intelligence Committees on our interaction with the FISA Intelligence Surveillance Court. The Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, as it is known, or FISC, is the court that grants FISA warrants to the FBI and with them permission to conduct secret surveillance of targets inside the United States. The House and Senate Intelligence Committees have been receiving information from the FBI and other intelligence agencies as part of their investigations into Russian campaign interference. Ray's statement appears to be the first on-the-record confirmation that the FBI has applied for FISA warrants in its investigation of the Russian election interference and the question of whether the Trump campaign colluded with that effort. The Washington Post and the New York Times reported in April that the FBI used the FISA warrant to monitor former Trump Foreign Policy Advisor Page. Actually, NBC News, I reported it in March based on earlier reports by other media outlets. Even you are dishonest. It's all on the public record. It's all on the public record. Mr. Stelter is a fraud. Mr. Stelter is a hack. Mr. Stelter is the Brian Ross of media right now. This is why I wrote the letter, the public letter, condemning him because of his tactics, dismissing, oh, right-wing host, and right-wing conservative, right-wing this, with a negative IQ reporter, so-called. What do you think of that, Jake Tapper? Are you going to come to his defense again? Christopher Ray at the House Judiciary Committee hearing today, questioned very effectively, I might add, by Jim Jordan and others, cut seven, go. There's got to be something more here. It can't just be some text messages that show a pro-Clinton, anti-Trump bias. There's got to be something more. And I'm trying to figure out what it is. Now, let but me stop here. What he's, what he's getting at here is, first of all, this guy, Peter Strzok, the rogue FBI agent. 
the anti-Trump, pro-Hillary FBI agent who seems to have had his finger in everything, including the cover-up for Hillary uh, and the abuse of Trump and the disparate treatment between the two. That's number one. Number two, there are some reports, we need to know more, that he had access to this Fusion GPS dossier or, in fact, may have met with this Christopher Steele at some point or spoken with him. That would be the ex-British spy who, among other things, got information from Kremlin apparatchiks. And all of this was funded, of course, by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC. There is enormous amount of collusion with Russia, and it is all on the Democrat side. Go right ahead. It has something to do with the dossier. Director did Peter Strzok help produce and present the application to the FISA court to secure a warrant to spy on Americans associated with the Trump campaign. Now stop. Now see, ladies and gentlemen, it is a fact, a fact that there were FISA warrants, a fact that American citizens were surveilled, a fact that members of the Trump campaign and or transition team were surveilled. These are now facts which I spoke about in early March. Go ahead. Uh, Congressman, I'm not prepared to discuss anything about uh, a FISA process in this not a, We're not talking about what happened in the court. We're talking about what the FBI took to the court, the application. Did Peter Strzok, was he involved in taking that to the court? Uh, I'm not going to discuss in this setting anything to do with the FISA court application. No, no, no. It'll be leaked by somebody. That, that's how that'll work. Let's go further. Steve Cohen who is a liberal hack and a fraud and a fool, but there you go, there's a cinnamon. synonym is one or the other. He wants to get Trump. It's all about Trump. Get, get, get Trump, Trump, Trump. Cut eight, go. When you were interviewed by President Trump, and you were interviewed by President Trump before you were appointed, was that, is that not the case? Uh, yes, not exclusively, but yes. He didn't ask you any questions about Russia or about Mr. Comey or Mr. Mueller or any other questions like that at all? No. Ooh. Uh oh, let's move on quickly. Don't don't spend time on that one. No, no, we gotta move along. You know, I was hoping I'd catch that guy, you know. But they didn't. We need copies of these applications, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we need. We need copies of these applications. And this this guy struck Bob Goodlatte, the chairman of this committee, he asked the FBI director the following cut nine go. Mr. Director, I'm sure you're aware of the recent media reports indicating that Peter Strzok, who is a special agent at the FBI, changed the words grossly negligent to extremely careless in former Director Comey's statement closing the Clinton investigation. Uh, Are you aware of that? I've heard some of the same information you have. Great. Uh, Do you know by chance what the criminal intent standard is under the Espionage Act? In particular, 18 U.S.C. 793F. I haven't studied the statute recently, but I believe it's gross negligence. That's right. It is gross negligence. Well, let let me say, you'd have to be Helen Keller not to know it was gross negligence. It's been discussed now for months. Anyway, go ahead. Accurate to say that a senior FBI official changed the wording of the director's statement to ensure that Secretary Clinton was not liable under the Espionage Act. 
Well, Mr. Chairman, as you may know, the handling of the investigation into Secretary Clinton is currently the subject of an outside independent investigation by the Inspector General. Uh, and I think it would not be appropriate for me to speculate about what the Inspector General will or will not find. Now, this is fascinating to me. He wasn't asked to speculate about what the Inspector General would or would not find. This is an oversight committee of Congress. This is the House Judiciary Committee. Congress, Congress is stated, it is created, it is granted power under the United States Constitution. An Inspector General is not. An inspector general is an employee of a department, a department created by Congress that reports to the president. And the FBI director says, I can't discuss this now because it's being reviewed by the inspector general. Is that a joke? Is that a joke? Answer, yes. I'll be right back. at CNN, I know most of you don't know who he is, so I'm educating you about this. Even today, he won't acknowledge. He won't acknowledge the fact, not only was he not curious about the FISA applications, not only would he and CNN and their whole investigative operation fail to dig in, but they actually attack me because they don't want you to even think about the possibility. I didn't make this stuff up. I do my research, and I do very thorough research. Brian Stelter, Jake Tapper, and the rest do not. And they did not. They do not, and they did not. And so they were recalcitrant, they were dug in, and rather than accept the fact, whoa, 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 maybe we ought to take a look at this. Maybe see, he's got a point. No, because... I'm a conservative, not a right-winger conspiracy theorist. I'm a conservative who looked at some of the other media over the course of six months, five months, and I said, how do you come to any other conclusion? Well, you don't know that for a fact. You don't have independent information on this. No, I don't have sources in the Justice Department. But I've got two eyes, and I've got a brain, and I know what I read, and I processed it. And I was right, and they were wrong. Uber disclosed a breach of 57 million passengers and drivers' records. Hackers accessed personal information like names and driver license numbers, email addresses, and phone numbers of passengers. Now, this breach was just recently announced. This personal information was actually stolen over a year ago. Now, if you are only monitoring your credit, your identity can still be stolen in ways you may not detect. Good thing there's a LifeLock in your future, I hope. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, threats you may miss by just monitoring your credit, like someone stealing from your 401k or committing a crime in your name. And if there's a problem, a U.S.-based identity restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock can help you see more threats to your identity. So go to lifelock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use promo code LEVIN, that's L-E-V-I-N, for 10% off your LifeLock membership. Visit lifelock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Again, use promo code LEVIN and save 10% now. May I ask you a question? If you watched MSNBC yesterday or early today or CNN yesterday or early today, I have a question. 
Why do MSNBC and the vast majority of their hosts and contributors and CNN and the vast majority of their hosts and contributors despise Israel? Why have these corporations, and that's what they are, why have these media corporations staked out a position that is anti-Israel? Can anybody tell me that? I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. By the way... A great Levin TV tonight. I delve very, very deeply into what I consider this FBI scandal. Uh, and the scandal, of course, at the top levels of the FBI. We're not talking about the hardworking, patriotic men and women of the FBI. But it would appear that elements of the Democrat Party and the left have, in fact, taken control at the, at the top levels of the FBI. Uh, there's nothing special about Mr. Mueller's investigation, his special impeachment counsel investigation. Uh, he's an insider, former FBI director, uh, who was uh, supported strongly by Barbara Boxer. Uh, he'd been the U.S. attorney, I believe, for San Francisco. And now here's a man who's close friends with Comey, uh, who was the FBI director before Comey, who's now the special counsel. Have you ever seen anything as incestuous as this? His deputy, a, name by the, a man by the name of Weissman, is a, hat, a hatchet man, a complete hack. Uh, he's been uh, admonished by courts in the past. He's had to uh, sly away from various investigations. Uh, he has shut down massive businesses that had 85,000 employees, uh, only to be reversed by a 9-0 decision, a unanimous Supreme Court. And this is the guy who Mueller chooses as his deputy, as the lieutenant to the Special Impeachment Council. And now you can see the tactics that he has employed when it comes to certain of the individuals who have already been in the... Uh, in the, uh, in, the, in the target area. We need to know what these FISA applications look like. We need to know if they, in any respect, uh, reflect use of this uh, Fusion GPS dossier, which was funded by Hillary Clinton and the DNC uh, through a few cutouts. We need to know about that. Uh, we're not going to get this information from CNN. We're not going to get this information from MSNBC the Washington Post, the New York Times, ABC, or any of them. Because when I was trying to delve into this, back in March, the domestic surveillance activity, uh, they all circled the wagons to attack me. And now they look really, really stupid. I want you to know something that you're not going to hear a lot about. The House Ethics Committee just cleared House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunes in a leak investigation. That is, he was accused of leaking uh, confidential or classified information related to the Russian probe, you might recall, uh, when he came from the White House or got information from the White House and gave a press account of what he believed he had. And, uh, of course, an ethics complaint was filed against him by a left-wing kook organization. He had to step aside for a period of time uh, on the Russian probe, and now he can return to the Russian probe. So that was an effort, again, to intimidate him.
by the same mindset, the same left and Democrat party uh, that is enshrined in Washington, D.C., and has such uh, significant control over the highest levels of law enforcement and apparently intelligence in this country. Absolutely amazing what they've been able to conquer. And now we learn James Rosen, Jake Gibson, I don't know who Jake Gibson is, but James Rosen is a hell of a reporter over at Fox News, and it's an exclusive. Now another one, a senior Justice Department official was demoted this week amid an ongoing investigation into his contacts with the opposition research firm responsible for the anti-Trump dossier, the department confirmed to Fox News. Until Wednesday morning, Bruce G. Orr, O-H-R, that's how you spell it, held two titles at the Department of Justice, Associate Deputy Attorney General. Now the Associate Deputy Attorneys General report to the Deputy Attorney General. You know who that is? Rod Rosenstein. Remember him? He appointed Mueller. Associate Deputy Attorney General, a post that placed him four doors down from his boss, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, and Director of the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force, a program described by the Department as the centerpiece of the Attorney General's drug strategy. Orr will retain his director title, but has been stripped of his higher post and ousted from his office on the fourth floor of Maine Justice. In other words, the Deputy Attorney General's office. I served on that floor for a period of time under Lowell Jensen, who was an excellent Deputy Attorney General under Ed Meese and Ronald Reagan. Eventually went to the fifth floor, which is where the Attorney General's office was, and I, my office was right across from his, effectively, as the Chief of Staff. Initially, senior department officials could not provide the reason for Orr's demotion, but Fox News has learned that evidence collected by the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, chaired by Devin Nunes, indicates that Orr met during the 2016 campaign with Christopher Steele, the former British spy who authored the dossier. Later, a Justice Department official told Fox News, it is unusual for anyone to wear two hats. In other words, they gave some stupid bureaucratic comment. Why would this guy want to meet with Christopher Steele? Why was Christopher Steele a, uh, an effective voice at all in the Obama administration? Talking to the FBI, talking to the highest levels of the Department of Justice. Additionally, House investigators have determined that Orr met shortly after the election with Glenn Simpson the founder of Fusion GPS, the opposition research firm that hired Steele to compile the dossier with funds supplied by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee. By that point, according to published reports, the dossier had been in the hands of the FBI, which exists under the aegis of the DOJ, for some five months. And the surveillance on Carter Page, an advisor to the Trump campaign, had started more than two months prior. Now, CNN would never be able to report this information. Instead, they were attacking me. I am telling you, as a former Justice Department official, I am telling you, as somebody who is a lawyer, as somebody who's been around the block a few times on this stuff, I am telling you that this is the scandal of scandals. What has been done to federal law enforcement, what has been done to our federal intelligence agencies, and I haven't even mentioned Uranium One yet. The same actors in many respects, the same damn ones, Mueller, Rosenstein, Comey. The idea that you have a rogue FBI agent, in my view. This guy, Peter Stark, 
this guy, who was pro-Hillary and anti-Trump, who's involved in any aspect of any investigation involving those two parties, is unbelievable to me. And it is, we know as a matter of fact now, that he tipped the scale in favor of Hillary and tipped the scale against Trump. And certain heroic, patriotic members of Congress are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of this. Meanwhile, the Democrats are trying to impeach the President of the United States, which was their entire purpose on day one. And Mr. Mueller continues in his nationwide, worldwide search for, uh, for the Easter Bunny. Effectively. Former FBI Director James Comey, testifying before the House in March, described the dossier as a, com- a compendium of salacious and unverified allegations against then-candidate Donald Trump and his associates. The Nunes panel has spent much of this year investigating whether DOJ, under then-Attorney General Loretta Lynch, used the dossier to justify a foreign surveillance warrant against Page. What do you say, CNN? Well, we can't even verify that if there was a FISA application. Now you can. What a joke. A phony news operation. It is a political operation, CNN. You got Chris Cuomo there, the dumbest of the Cuomos, day in and day out with his liberal tripe. You've got Don Lemon, the dumbest of the dumbest, day after day with his liberal tripe. You got Brian Stelter, the phony media reporter, doesn't know from anything. Doesn't know from anything unless it's get Trump and hate Trump. Another fraud. And Jake Tapper, who I had some hope for at one point, he throws in with these fools too. Well, Blitzer, it's time to retire the guy. They have to poke him to wake him the hell up just to do his show. Oh, and I love the panels over there at CNN too. They're just great. We have a real mix of people here today. Liberal, 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 establishment Republican, liberal. What do you guys think? The contacts between this fellow, this former associate deputy attorney general, Bruce Orr, and Christopher Steele, and between Orr and Simpson. Remember, Christopher Steele is the ex-British spy, and Simpson is the ex-Wall Street Journal reporter who started Fusion GPS, have not been publicly disclosed nor shared with the House uh, committee staff. So they covered up. Listen to this. The rogue FBI agent, this guy's stroke. They obstructed efforts to find out why he was moved. They covered it up. Mueller covered it up. It was the inspector general who who, uh, who uncovered the fact that <clears throat> that he was a uh, anti-Trump, pro-Clinton hack through his text to his uh, his mistress. And then they covered up, <clears throat> excuse me, the fact of this associate deputy attorney general and his efforts. And not only his efforts, his meetings involving the dossier and involving uh, Christopher Steele. Incredible. They had not been publicly disclosed. Now, the House Intelligence Committee has issued numerous subpoenas for documents and witnesses related to the dossier, but claims the Department of Justice and FBI have stonewalled. Now, folks, if they had nothing to hide, they wouldn't be stonewalling. They can send people up to Capitol Hill, put them under oath, and say, 
We don't know anything about this dossier. We didn't use this dossier. We weren't going to pay Mr. Steele to do more investigations. We had nothing. It, it had nothing to do with our warrants. It had nothing to do with our applications to the FISA court. Why won't they just say that? Because they can't. That's why. Basic logic. They can't say it, and they won't say it. So they're now stonewalling. They're obstructing, which gets me to another issue while I'm at it. I was thinking about this. Obstruction of justice. Who's obstructing justice here? Oh, yeah. Who's obstructing justice here? The senior level of the FBI is obstructing justice. That is the obstruction of an effort, uh, the, the, an effort to gain information about what took place here, whether it's criminality or otherwise. The FBI is obstructing justice. Jim Comey was obstructing justice. Robert Mueller is obstructing justice <clears throat> by the nature of the people he has hired, whether it's the FBI or his prosecutors. They're not pursuing justice. They're not serving justice. They've brought in hacks, or they've allowed hacks to serve them. They've obstructed the provision of information to a branch of government that has the right to review it, Congress. They have concealed information about the partisanship of their staffs. Who's obstructing what around here, ladies and gentlemen? It's my contention that it is they who are obstructing justice. I'll be right back. Mark in. Bruce, Queens, New York, the great WABC. Go. Mr. Levin, I will be, I'll never be accused of being the brightest light on Christmas tree. That's why I listen to you to get my education for the government. With 36 Democratic senators supposedly recommending that Mr. Franken resign, and he didn't do that today, why doesn't Mitch McConnell call for an, a, a, a vote for automatic expulsion? And I know it takes two-thirds, but with 36 Democrats behind it, don't you think that would be a way to play their hand and see if they're really truly behind this this deal of getting rid well, of Well, you make an interesting point. Cory Gardner said that uh, they're going to try and expel Roy Moore the minute he steps foot in the United States Senate. So why wouldn't they do the same with uh, Al Franken? You make an excellent point. Thank you, sir. Have a great holiday. All right, you too. All right, it's a good question. Bob Fairfax, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Hey, uh, Bob, I'm a... Uh... No, I'm Mark here, Bob. The Defense Department, 42 years, and I was part of one of these uh, corruption investigations with the Department of Defense with the Inspector General. Mm-hmm. And the investigation happened uh, in 2001. The event happened in 2000. And I can tell you that everybody in the agency knew about the corruption. It wasn't just a select few like just... Right, well, let me say, uh, corruption of what? Uh, well, there was a... Um, no, 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 no. Knew about the... Everybody knew of the corruption. Was it some department or agents? What are we talking about? We're talking about uh, trying to deceive a peer review, so the work papers were recreated and all that. So, I know, but which department are we talking about? Defense. Okay, Department of Defense. Go ahead. Yeah, and the um, I can just tell you that the IG since then has had numerous uh, corruption-type investigations. Can I ask you a question? What does this have to do with anything? Well, it has to do with the fact that everyone knows when these things happen. There's not just a few people that knew about it. So let's try and relate it back to the subject we've been discussing for 90 minutes. 
Everybody knows about what? What's been going on in the investigation at the Justice Department? I'm sure that there are many, many people in the Justice Department that know about the involvement of the different individuals, including a high-ranking individual that met with with Steele and the other person. And And what do you draw from that? Because that's how organizations are, because people... Okay, great. So what's the point? And a lot of people knew, but Congress didn't know. I think people are afraid to report it. Well, I don't think people are afraid to report it. There's leaking going on everywhere. All right, sir, thanks for your call. I'm not really following that. I could be a little slow. It happens. But I'm not, I'm not really following that. Dale Joplin, Missouri, the great KZRG. Go. Is there any connection that you've heard uh, with Strozik in the investigation into Hillary's aides, where they turned over the computers and gave the immunity to them and then destroyed the computers? Is there any correlation there? Well, the, 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 what, what is known is that he played a, if not the primary role, a very significant role in that entire investigation. And those are significant aspects of it, aren't they? Who would have the authority to grant that immunity? Would Strozik have that, or would he have to go through DOJ? Or I suspect. That's a good question, too, under these circumstances. Who would have the power to grant that immunity? Yeah, I think he'd have to go through DOJ. Uh, but uh, and, and check with prosecutors and so forth. I don't know how they got that immunity. Okay. All right. No, no, these are great questions. I would love to know this. Okay. Maybe it's out there somewhere. I haven't seen it. What's that? I was hoping maybe you might have some inside information or something. Or no, no, you know. Just remember what Brian Stetler said at CNN. But you, you don't have original sources. How do you know? We don't know if there was a FICE application. What's wrong with we? We don't. We don't know. No way to know. What an idiot! I'm just saying. We have uh, we've learned a lot, and a lot of it's troubling. And if you're president of the United States, how do you handle all this? I mean, the Democrats and many Republicans are poised to try and impeach him. You had Republicans going on and on that he better not touch Mueller. Some of them even considering legislation to protect Mueller. How sick is that? How outside our constitutional construct is that? You have these, uh, these in, in effect, these Obama, Clinton, Democrat operatives in these senior positions. I've never seen anything like this in my life. I never have. All right, folks, I'll be right back. Give you an example. We got a lot to cover, and I want to, I've been wanting to cover this too. I want to tell you a little story. I live in a community that has a homeowners association, and we have been desperately trying to put a small fence out from our deck. It really almost is under the deck but a few feet outside the deck to put our dog. The only only thing that would see the deck are the deer. That's it. It's a fairly secluded area. Not completely. There's a home to the left of us that is empty. 
And to the right of us is woods, and behind us is a river. Between the house and the river is a golf course, and that has nothing to do with anything, and I'm not a golf player, and I'm not a member of that club. doesn't matter. Anyway, the fence is identical to a fence that's on the right side, jutting out about 15 feet. You know, your typical black aluminum fence. It doesn't even go all the way down around the property, just out enough so the dog can do what the dog needs to do. This HOA has three women who sit on this committee, like a Soviet Politburo. And I'm thinking about revealing what this community is. I just don't want people to bother me, otherwise I definitely would, but I may still. We submitted an application, and they require all kinds of stuff. Your neighbor okay? Well, the neighbor behind us is okay, and of course the fence has nothing to do with them. The neighbor next to us is is non-existent. But again, it's a small amount of a fence on my private property. Nothing fancy. They send one of their people to look at the property. The woman they send to look at the property looks at the wrong property. She reports back that we built the fence without their permission, and this is a grave violation of the rules. Well, we didn't build the fence. She confused our property with the property behind us, which has a fence. Oh, and you don't have a shrubbery plan. I said, a shrubbery plan? We'll put some bushes on the left side of the fence, so if there ever is a neighbor, they won't see the fence, but we're certainly not going to put bushes in front of the fence all along, or we'll never see the river, which is the purpose of purchasing the property 15 years ago. Oh, well, now, your property slopes a little bit. Yes, it does. The house is built sort of on the side of a hill. It went through all that zoning stuff and got it done 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Well, you're going to have to check with the zoning committee of the county, a zoning board of the county. We contact them. We tell them what we're talking about. The gentleman there says, I don't know what the problem is with your HOA. You build a house on the side of that hill. You already have a partial fence on the side of that hill. It's not even a real hill. It's a bare slope. Of course it's not a problem. And he puts that effectively in an email. Can you believe this? So we submitted it back in October... And they denied it because the application was incomplete. It didn't have a shrubbery plan. In other words, planting four or five three- to four-foot bushes on the side of the fence. Well, we got the shrubbery plan. We took pictures. We did everything we could, and we submitted the application again. You didn't meet our deadline. What deadline? Well, we need to be able, you know, we, our, our, our rules require that we do a site visit. Well, we, we, we applied in October. You could have done a site visit then. But your application wasn't complete because of the shrubbery. But it's complete now. Well, you're too late. We're too late? Well, it wouldn't be fair if we looked at your application and we took photographs now. So... You'll have to wait till January 4th. Well, what if it's snowing on January 4th and we can't put the fence? Too bad. That's just too bad. 
I've lived in this pathetic community for 15 years, paid their rotten, fat salaries for 15 years, never bothered any of those fat asses. Excuse me, it's true. Never bothered them. The only thing I've ever put on my house that wasn't there originally is an American flag. And these three people think they're the power of the world. I don't even know how they got there. I don't even get involved in this HOA and all their little committees with their newsletters. All their little committees with their newsletters. Now, now they've pissed me off. And so my wife is there and she says, where, where in your rules does it require you to have a site visit? And of course it doesn't. It says May. May. Now are they going to visit the right property or the wrong property? Are they going to make us go back to the county again? To the zoning people who don't even understand why we're there in the first place? Then we give them a drawing and they think we're sending, doing, uh, building this fence all the way down the property line in the backyard. And there's nothing to do with that. It's, it's a little further out than the deck. Nobody can possibly see it. This is why people hate government. This is why people hate homeowners associations. Month after month. An assessment after an assessment. Pay it, pay it, pay it. Don't bother. And all right, they're doing the plants, whatever they're doing. They're clearing the snow. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I don't want to get involved in that. You know, this is my home. I don't want to have to deal with politics here. It will have taken us three months. Drawings. A landscape plan. Multiple communications with this, these people to get a fence, if we can get it, approved in January. you believe this, Rich? Unbelievable. If we can get it approved in January. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to tell these three people right here on the air. You get one last chance, or I'm going to shoot a lawsuit into the side of this place... And I will handle the lawsuit for free. And you will hire a lawyer. And everybody's rates are going to go up. Because I'm going to make a statement. That the American people, citizens in the community, they're tired of paying taxes and HOA fees and, and this, that, and the other. And being told what they can't do. We're tired of it. I'm sick of it. Absolutely sick of it. can't keep messing around with people in their lives this way. There's no reason it should take three months to put a little fence out in your backyard that nobody's going to see so your dog can go outside on your own private property. You send us to the county. They don't even know why you're sending us to the county. No idea. They said, what's the problem? You give them photos. We're not going to look at the photos. They're in late. What do you mean they're in late? You could have looked at the property yourself. Well, the first application wasn't complete. Why? Well, you didn't have a landscape plan. A landscape plan? Four bushes? Five bushes? That's the landscape plan. Nobody lives next to us. The house is empty. The deer, the deer may not like the fence, but that's it. Well, too bad. Too bad. 
This is what people have to put up with day in and day out. You go to the DMV just to get your damn license, to get your sticker, and to pay your taxes. They think they're doing you a favor. Oh, thank you so much for giving me my driver's license. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving me the fence. You can shove that damn fence up your you-know-what. Now, I'll keep you apprised of this. Does this interest anybody? I'm just using this as an example. You know, I keep my private life private. What do you want to know about my private life? I keep my private life private. Pretty much. But we're going to keep an eye on this, and I'm going to keep you informed about this, okay? And they get one more swing at the ball. That's it. That's it. Then I'm going to identify them. I'm going to torpedo a lawsuit right into the side of this place. And I'll get my damn fence. That much I can assure you. You know, you've heard me talk about AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, and the conservative efforts on the Hill. But did you know that AMAC is also your resource for all things Medicare? Now that the Medicare annual election period is here, it's the perfect time to visit AMAC's website at www.amac.us. If you're searching for a Medicare plan that meets your needs, AMAC's Senior Resources Network is a good place to start. With access to multiple A-rated insurance companies, AMAC is able to deliver choices. More than that, AMAC has knowledgeable, licensed agents who will take time you know, to answer all of your questions, explain your options, and help you choose a plan that suits your individual needs. Now, personalized Medicare guidance, well, uh, from, from licensed certified professionals, plus the ability to choose what's right for you, another reason why AMAC is better. Now, here's the problem. The deadline for the annual Medicare election period, it runs through today. Today is the last day. Speak to a trusted, licensed AMAC agent to discuss your needs. You can learn more at www.amac.us. That's www.amac.us. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. A lot of people calling about their HOAs. I want to hear it. I want to hear it, and uh, I am so close to identifying the HOA I'm dealing with, you have no idea. That's how hot I am about this. It's your own private property. You try to follow the rules. They give you the runaround. I look around this community, fences everywhere. Some of them have landscaping. Some of them don't. You're minding your own business, sitting here 15 years, paying their confiscatory friggin' association fees month after month after month after month for 15 years. You want to put a small fence on your own property to keep the dog in and to keep wild animals out, and they give you the runaround. Well, you didn't have the photos. and Well, we did. Well, we didn't look. Well, you're not required to. Well, well, you wanted to. Well, why didn't you? Well, the application wasn't complete. Why? Well, you need a landscape plan. What do you mean? Four bushes? Five bushes? Well, did you check with the county? Yes. They said they don't know what the hell you're talking about. And on and on and on. Like you have nothing else to do. Like you have nothing else to do. 
I got to find out the names of the people who are on this uh, vaulted committee, the geniuses who sit there once a month and uh, play the role of God. Not with me. This has gone on long enough. They've screwed around long enough and screwed around with the wrong person. And I think all of you should have the same attitude. I really do. It's time to push back. Time to, I ought to have a national movement on these HOAs. I really should. I don't even think about them except now when you come in contact with them like they're doing you a favor. Not doing me a favor. Who are these creeps? Casper sleep. I got to tell you, I pick my Casper mattress over every mattress I've ever had. Why? Because it helps me get the best night's sleep, period. Once you try yours, you're going to love it too. Switching to Casper is a no-brainer. It's a higher quality mattress at a more affordable price. I'm sleeping cool and comfortably every night, much better than on the old overpriced mattress I used to have. Casper ships for free, for free, in a small, how did they do that size box? It really is amazing. They'll even pick it up and refund you everything if you don't love it. From its breakthrough design and superior quality to its packaging, it's no wonder Casper was named one of Fast Company's 50 most innovative brands of 2017. Put Casper to the test in your home for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash mark and use code mark for $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. So it's gotten a little more complicated. You go to casper.com slash mark. That's the site. casper.com slash mark and then put in code mark. Terms and conditions apply. And by the way, it's well worth it. I'm telling you, you're going to love this mattress. And look. If I'm wrong, you return it. But you're going to love this mattress. You really are. Well, okay. Let's take some calls, shall we? Uh, let us go to Emily, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Hey, Mark. It's uh, Emil. What's going oh, on? I apologize, Emil. Go right ahead. All right. No worries. Uh, the reason, um, yesterday you touched on it, I believe, when you said that the lawyers are the ones in control of Washington, D.C., the legal lobby. And I believe the problem is until we have laymen writing the bill. Uh, you know what? We got laymen on this HOA, and they are a bunch of fools. You got to get the right people, whatever their degrees are or whether they have degrees or not. But they make it complicated. The layman can't understand the laws. Yeah, well, I understand I mean, this law. All right, thank you for your call. I thought he was calling about the HOA. thought he was. Anyway, I'll take your calls on all the subjects we've raised here. The board is full. Herman, Stanford, Connecticut, the great WABC. Go. Yes, Mark. It's a real honor and pleasure. Uh, I have a minor point on your discussion about the present scandals in the federal government. Um, first of all, the FISA court. Has anybody considered that the people on this court bear... There's a, not the people on the court. There's a judge. Fine. The judge. Who is the judge? And does he bear any responsibility for issuing an order based on a fake application? He, he has the power to investigate the circumstances of the application, questioning the applicants, etc. And the second thing is with Manafort, which you were talking about, how could they have raised him at 6 o'clock 
Well, what did the judge have to say about this? All right, that's a different judge. That's not the FISA court. That would be a different judge. Well, the judge approved it. Yeah, but, but why? It's outrageous. How do I know? I wasn't there. The whole damn thing's out of control. Well, we're, we're entitled to criticize the, the judge himself. And, and anyway. So go ahead. Look it up and criticize the judge. Yeah, well, uh, what I'm saying is that the judge to allow this to happen is, is a public official who works. All right, listen for, to me. The judge didn't allow it to happen. The judge approved it. Okay. And the judge, now, now let's let's go. People call here and they verbally beat their chest. Okay. The judge works for us. What do you want to do about it? He's accountable, Mark. No, he's not accountable. Well, he's appointed for life. Yeah, I, he's still look. I no, sir. Look, here's the problem. You have to accept reality. Judges are not accountable. How do you get rid of a judge? I'm not saying you get rid of a judge. Well, how do you hold them to account? There are. Look, I was a prosecutor in Manhattan for many years. Then you should know that your questions are rhetorical. You don't really expect an answer. How do you hold how do you hold a federal judge to account in this instance? Tell us all how. There are procedures that can be invoked to have his conduct reviewed by a Well fine, then you go to the ethics and any citizen can file an ethics complaint against a judge, can't they, sir? Okay, the other thing... Answer me. Any citizen can. Isn't that correct? Right. Yes, it is. Then do it. Do it. Calling this show doesn't fix it. You're a former prosecutor. Go ahead and file it. And I hope you do. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Let me ask you a question. The talk about uh, Roy Moore and the allegation uh, of a woman who then was 14 years old. Um, comments, not really allegations, from other women. Some, I believe, were 16 to 19 years old. What would you think of a 45-year-old powerful man having a full-on sexual relationship with a 19-year-old? Does that bother you? How about if the 45-year-old man was, as I said, a powerful man, and the 19-year-old was his intern? I'm not talking about Clinton. Would that bother you? How about if the 45-year-old man was married and was having a sexual exploitive relationship with this 19-year-old? Would that bother you? Would it bother Chris Matthews? Well, you know, that did happen. President John Kennedy had a teen mistress, an intern in the White House. That's pretty bad stuff, isn't it? And I'm sure the Democrats are going to denounce this. This was written in a memoir. 
JFK's teen mistress addresses relationship in memoir by Cynthia Fagan, written February 5, 2012. I remember when this book came out. She always called him Mr. President, not Jack. He refused to kiss her on the lips when they made love. But Mimi Alfred, a White House intern from New Jersey, was smitten nonetheless. She was in the midst of an 18-month affair with the most powerful man in the world, sharing not only John F. Kennedy's bed, but also some of his darkest and most intimate moments. In her explosive tell-all book, Once Upon a Secret, My Affair with John Kennedy Jr., and it's after, uh, excuse me, with President John F. Kennedy and its aftermath, Alfred, then 69 and now obviously older, a grandmother, retired New York City church administrator, sets the record straight in searingly candid detail. In the summer of 1962, Alfred was a slender, golden-haired 19-year-old debutante whose finishing school polish and blue-blood connections had landed her a job in the White House press office. Just four days into her internship, she was invited by an aide to go for a midday swim in the White House pool, where the handsome 45-year-old president swam daily to ease chronic back pain. JFK slid into the pool and floated up to her. It's Mimi, isn't it, he said, so he was stalking this kid. Yes, sir, she said. And you're in the press office this summer, right? Yes, sir, I am, she replied. Lightning had struck. Later that day, Mimi was invited by Dave Powers, the president's first friend and later the longtime curator of the Kennedy Library in Boston, to an after-work party. When she arrived at the White House residence, Powers and two other young female staffers were waiting. Powers poured and frequently refilled her glass with daiquiris until the commander-in-chief arrived. She was trying to get her drunk. The president invited her for a personal tour. She got up, expecting the rest of the group to follow. They didn't. He took her to Mrs. Kennedy's room. I noticed he was moving closer and closer. I could feel his breath on my neck. He put his hand on my shoulder, she recounts. Next thing I knew, he was standing above her. Next thing she knew, looking directly into her eyes and guiding her to the edge of the bed. Slowly, he unbuttoned the top of my shirt dress and touched you-know-what. Then he reached up between my you-know-whats. Kennedy pulled down his pants, and so it goes. Haven't you done this before, he asked her. No, she said. Are you okay, he asked. Yes, she said. So he kept going. After he finished, he hitched up his pants and smiled at me and pointed her to the bathroom. When she was finished, he was outside in the West Sitting Hall, where their evening had begun. I was in shock, she writes. He, on the other hand, was matter-of-fact and acted as if what had just occurred was the most natural thing in the world. Would you like something to eat, he asked. The kitchen's right here. No, thank you, Mr. President. He called a car to come pick her up and take her home. On the ride home, it kept echoing in my head, I'm not a virgin anymore. The next uh, week, she was again invited to go swimming. He barely acknowledged my arrival, betraying no hint of what had happened between us just a few days before. I couldn't bring myself to look him in the eye, she writes. 
Later, he led her into a different bedroom. This was the beginning of our affair, she writes. In a moment of reflection, Alfred wonders if I could have resisted him. The fact that I was being desired by the most famous and powerful man in America only amplified my feelings to the point where resistance was out of the question. That's why I didn't say no to the president. It's the best answer I can give. She would swim with the president at noon or at the end of the workday, race back to her desk and wait for a call to visit him upstairs. The governing factor behind the calls, of course, was the presence, or more accurately, the absence of Mrs. Kennedy. They never returned to Jackie's bedroom, but stayed in his, which was cluttered with piles of books and magazines and newspapers. And it goes on. And on. And on. She was 19 years old. He was 45. He was the United States president, and she was a summer intern. But she stayed. He made sure of that. For 18 months. John Kennedy was running for the Senate in Alabama. Would you vote for him or against him? I'm just curious. I know there's a difference between 14 and 19, and there's also a difference between what's alleged against Roy Moore and the 14-year-old and what's alleged and written in great detail about the 19-year-old and the 45-year-old, the President of the United States. I'm just trying to put things in a little bit of context, not as a special pleader for anybody, but facts are facts and history is history. And it is amazing to me as I've been sitting here and waiting, nobody has mentioned John Kennedy. Nobody. How he molested a 19-year-old girl in the White House, an intern, President of the United States. What is the, the argument? Using his position his superior position on an inferior staffer in the workplace. In the workplace. And of course there was a hell of a lot more than that. He had an affair with an East German spy. He had an affair with the girlfriend of the mob boss in New York. All kinds of stuff going on there. Lyndon Johnson... They say Lyndon Johnson was even worse. The Great Society. They say he was even worse in the United States Senate, before then in the House of Representatives, and of course in the presidency. That he was a real hound dog. More history. I do not believe everybody who makes an accusation of sexual harassment or sexual abuse is telling the truth. I do believe there are people out there who are out to get other people. I believe there are people out there who are out to become famous. I do believe there are people out there who are out to get rich. I know that. And I also believe that there are people who come forward are absolutely telling the truth, who were scared to death when they were younger or when they were in inferior positions and they couldn't speak out. I believe that too. Oh, that's great. The hell is that? But, I think it's important to know our history since now we're being told by the Democrat Party that times are changing. Would Kirsten Gillibrand say that John Kennedy should have resigned? 
Would she? Will the Democrat Party now denounce John Kennedy? No way. Will the Democrat Party now denounce Lyndon Johnson? No way. The Democrat Party has no interest in seeing Al Franken resign. What you saw today was staged. What you saw yesterday was staged. And how do I know? Because he hasn't resigned. He's waiting, you know, in the coming weeks. There's no reason to wait in the coming weeks. He said that the Ethics Committee would clear him. There's no reason to resign if the Ethics Committee would clear you. He said that many of the allegations were false. Okay, fair enough. He also said, in some cases, the allegations were what the women thought had happened to them, not what he thought had happened to them. So you have a guy that hasn't come to grips with what he is, who won't go through the ethics process, who claims he's going to resign in the coming weeks. And the Democrat Party is going to use this, they hope, for exploitation. You see, if you're a liberal Democrat and you favor abortion on demand, If you're a liberal Democrat and you favor free um, birth control pills under Obamacare. If you're a liberal Democrat and you hook up with the left-wing liberal Democrat women's organizations and they back you. And you claim to be for, you know, income equity and that sort of thing. They really don't want you to leave. Give a damn about these women. Can't even name these women. They don't care. Let me tell you a little secret. The Democrats in the House of Representatives, certainly leadership, they've known about Conyers for decades. Decades. They've known about Conyers. And they know about others there. Many others. They hide behind sexual harassment training. Well, why don't you get rid of the predators? You can have sexual harassment training or... Or to the point, anti-sexual harassment training. Why don't you get rid of the predators? Name them. Look at the cone of silence. They're all waiting for Roy Moore. I don't know Roy Moore. Was on this program for what, five minutes? I've never met him in person. I'm not a special pleader for Roy Moore or anybody else. I'm just looking at this situation. Roy Moore, if they expel Roy Moore, should he be elected? Do they run him through the Ethics Committee and kick him out that way or whatever? That's going to fix the Senate? That's going to fix the House? The guy isn't even there yet. Not even there yet. And how cynical the Democrats are to stage this this play-acting. All of a sudden, I told you, they don't just come out in groups like this and orchestrate. This, this, this is was planned. It's all about politics and power. That's all. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. But San Francisco, the great KSFO, go! Hey, Mark, on your uh, HOA stuff, I, I, I can't believe I, I'm hearing somebody else speak how I felt about living in an OH, HOA for so long. And uh, you can't, you, you're 
absolutely right. The HOAs are terrible, and what they're doing to people and and the, the general people that live in those neighborhoods, they make it miserable for them. They absolutely diminish the quality of life. I've had a similar experience. Absolutely terrible. Completely support your cause getting behind them. Take over the HOA. What what happened with you? So I, I lived in an HOA, HOA, bought my first house there. I was young, um, and I had a fence issue. I had a big dog, and uh, the fence was old. The nails kept falling out, and I, I called them and said, hey, your responsibility, would you fix the fence? Sure. They sent somebody out. Uh, in the meantime, I had to put screws in it because I couldn't let my dog get out, and they came came and went and then sent me a letter that said they weren't going to repair it. Um, and they were going to find me if I didn't remove the structural altercation, uh, alteration that I made with boots. Which, which, was, were, which were the screws? The screws, the root wood screws. So I removed them. I called them back. They came out. They didn't replace any boards, and they put nails back in place where I had put screws. And it did nothing. It did absolutely nothing. didn't fix a, the problem. It's a power thing. They, let me tell you, they sit amongst themselves. They look down on the people who live in the community. Uh, they pretend that they're 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 serving some great service. I mean, they, uh, I just hear too many examples. Um, there was a guy there tonight, as an example. Uh, he was he was swapping out his uh, screens for glass on his uh, deck. I don't know all the specifics, and apparently they approved. And he said, "Oh, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate it." You know, you go in there and you beg. Well, I'm not begging to anybody for a damn thing. Yeah. Who do these people yeah. think they are? You know, it seriously, was, it was sold to me as as uh, it was going to benefit me. They, you know, they maintained the yards. It was a cheap HOA fee, um, and you know, we had a number of problems in the neighborhood. We had a couple of Section Eight houses that were big time issues, and uh, you know, went to the HOA, and the HOA would say, "Well, it's a city issue. You need to contact your local." Yeah, they're not going to touch that. See, it's you and your screws on the fence, as opposed to their nails. Yeah. That they can control, and that's what they are. You're talking about um, a little people operating in a, a little fish in a little pond. That's what you got. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think, uh, you know, what What I was so frustrated with is that, you know, I was young. I had I had no idea what to do, nowhere to turn, and I was getting these threats from them for uh, fines and additional fees. They even threatened to put a lien against the house, and, and it's just, it was terrible. Yeah, but here's the problem for them. I have more money than they do. Yeah, and that's what I love to hear when I heard you talking about. And that, and that's why I'm finally saying, you know what? I'm, I'm not, I'm not standing up for the little guy, but uh, I'm not going to take the crap from these people. No. All right, my friend. Thanks for your call. Three times we're going to apply for the third time. Third time. If I could show you this, which I can't, because I get little threats out there, unfortunately, but. You would go, what? What the hell? Exactly. Paul, San Antonio, Texas, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead, sir. Hey, Mark, how are you doing? Uh, I had a similar situation to you. Uh, I uh, wanted to put a shed in my backyard to put in some, uh, to put all my, you know, lawnmower and gasoline and stuff away from my house and put it uh, away in a safe place. And I applied for a shed, and they said, no, you cannot have a shed in this neighborhood. It's not allowed. You'll never allow it. So I read the covenants, and I said, well, it doesn't say anywhere that I can't have it. It just says it has to get approved. And they said, oh, no, you can't have it at all. I said, okay, well, um, 
I look, started looking at the covenants, and I'm like, what can I have that I don't need approval for? And as long as I kept it behind my fence, I could have a sculpture. So I Googled sculpture shed, and I found it online, and it's uh, it, right there. It's Look it up. Uh, there's sculpture sheds. So I went out, sanded a little bit, put some paint on. I uh, got some, you know, I put some sculpturesque things on it, and I said, whoop, now I got a sculpture. I don't have a shed anymore. So within the rules completely and uh yeah like, look look how you have to bend to these these uh, bend to this the stupidity that you have to go through very clever though very very well done i'll be right back you're listening to denali the Great One. The Great One. And you can call in now. 877-381-3811. Introducing the brand new Genesel Droopy Eyelid Treatment. Here's Mary from Fort Collins, Colorado. You know, I don't believe everything I hear, so I tried this eye lift on my right eye. The next day at work, everybody said my right eye looked better. I couldn't believe it. Yes, all these saggy lines on your eyelids gone in just days. And now this breathtaking eyelid treatment is yours free. With your order of Genesel for bags and puffiness. Plus, you'll also get Genesel 12 hour immediate effects, a second gift for free. I mean, I'm telling you, you need to act. Go to Genesel.com, that's Genesel.com, or call 800 Skin 604. 800 Skin 604. Gets better. Order in the next 20 minutes, you'll get two more classics SOTIC RF, Collagen Builder, and Deep Firming Serum. Absolutely free. Call or click in the next 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And you'll get express shipping absolutely free as well. Now, that's five gifts. Order now to get this new Genesel offer and your free gifts while supplies last. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. I hope my buddy Teddy's listening. 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com. Ron, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hey, Mark, long-time listener, first-time caller. How are you doing tonight? Very well, thank you, sir. <laughs> so if you think it's rough living under an HOA, you ought to try being the president of one. Tell uh, us about, about it. Uh, seven or eight, yeah, about seven or eight years ago, I got into a neighborhood, and they wouldn't let me fly an American flag. So I got into the HOA to change the rules, and I haven't been able to get off. Um, but I did get the rules changed. I can fly a flag now. And the, the bonus is that I've kept the, uh, the HOA dues down. I have never raised them, and, and uh, I'm trying to do the best I can to... Well, maybe you ought to come to my neighborhood and run. <laughs> no, thank you. No. Although, I, I, you know, I'm going to shake this damn thing up. You know, it's, uh, uh, for 15 years, I don't do anything. Oh, I did do something here. You know what I did with my HOA, sir? I'll just announce it now. Uh, I heard a couple of people talking about how they wanted to put a really nice, beautiful flagpole and a flag at the front of the HOA at our gate. So I coughed up whatever it was, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000, never told anybody this, so this is the first time telling it, and uh, anonymously donated it. And now I want to put a little fence in the back. I mean, it's really ridiculous. And I have to file our third application. Man. Third application. Do you know what's behind this house, sir? Deer, skunks, raccoons, possums, eagles, snakes. That's what's behind my house. 
Love it. I hate them, actually. But still, you know, want to put a fence out there for the dog, but apparently this is uh, too much for the HOA to handle. Three people and not enough IQ to even figure that out. All right, sir. Thank you for your call. Walt, San Francisco, the great KSFO. Go. Hey, Mark. How are you? Hey, okay. yeah, I was, uh, I bought my condo 43 years ago and the uh, same one. And I've been on the board of directors on and off for 29 years. I was mm-hmm. off for seven years. They forced me back on because there was a $40,000 assessment that was forthcoming. They fired all the board members, the president, vice president, treasurer, secretary. I came back on. I lowered, I, 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 it was a total assessment that was coming for faulty uh, irrigation. It was siding replacements. It was painting that hadn't been done by prior board members. So I got on. I dealt with all the contractors. In three years, I fixed the place up. We didn't get an assessment. I lowered dues $100, and we didn't even have the $40,000 assessment. I had two board members accuse me of being on the take, and um, they couldn't prove it. And then they started to literally get people, all the libs that lived at my place. And I have to tell you, Mark, I'm in San Francisco, so it, it was nuts. So they well, had- let me tell you, let me tell you, it's not just there. I appreciate your call. I really do. There's a, a gentleman running for Congress in Texas. He's going to run in a very crowded Republican field. I don't always bring people on this program who are running in Republican fields, but this gentleman needs to be in Congress. He was Ted Cruz's chief of staff. He is a very, very close friend of mine. I'm just it's, I'm being completely out front here. But if he wasn't a solid conservative, he probably wouldn't be a very, very good friend of mine, quite frankly. Chip Roy, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm doing great. Now tell everybody of the district what it, what's going on and why you should be supported. Well, thanks, Mike. I, um, thanks, Mark. I'm, I'm running for the uh, uh, 21st Congressional District here in Texas. It's a district that runs from Austin down to San Antonio and out into the Hill Country, out to Fredericksburg and Bandera to the west of San Antonio. And it, it's a great district. It's right in the center of Texas. Uh, it's very reflective of the state as a whole. Uh, it's a lot of great people, and I've been in and around this area for a long time. And as you know, I've spent uh, a long time working on behalf of statewide officials in Texas, particularly and notably Chief of Staff to Senator Cruz. And after seeing what's needed in Washington and knowing how badly the good guys need reinforcements in Washington, guys like Senator Cruz and Senator Lee and Senator Paul and the House Freedom Caucus, I decided, my wife and I decided that I put my name in the hat and and uh, put my name out there to run. And I think it's important that we send people to Washington to give those guys the reinforcements they need for constitutional conservatism. So delighted to do it, and thanks for having me on. Well, you know, Chip Roy, I want the nation to know, and the, particularly the people in that, which congress, which number is it, Congressional District? The 21st District. The 21st I, district. I, I want people to know, especially in the 21st District, you're a, a powerful conservative in your own right. You are deeply respected uh, for your uh, intellect, for your scholarship, for your your ability to strategize, which is exactly what's necessary in the House of Representatives, particularly coming from a state like Texas. And how many people are going to be running in this Republican primary? Right now, it looks like there's as many as 10 people running. It's a very crowded field for an open seat. But you know what? That's good. That's what makes democracy strong. We'll we'll have a, a good competitive race. But I know that I'm the guy that would be able to go to Washington and represent the people here in this district. And one thing is for sure, 
The people of the 21st District in Texas will have no doubt where I stand and nor, nor any doubt on what I will do if I go to Washington. And that's what they deserve. That's what the American people deserve. They're tired of guys who go to Washington campaigning on one thing and doing the complete opposite. And you, you know it's better, better than I do the importance of federalism. And the hope of our time, I think, Mark, and I think you agree with me, is, is that we can unify the country around our differences. Let Texas be Texas. Let California be California. It's the only path mm-hmm. forward for us to go forward as a strong country united together. Yeah, uh, I agree with that, but I also believe that the Democrats don't want us to be united together. And I think the only thing that can unite us is to continue to, to promote our principles. And that's something that you're not only capable of, that you've done your entire life, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, I've, I've stood up uh, time and time again, uh, whether it was working for Senator Cruz, whether it was working on the Senate Judiciary Committee. I was the uh, first assistant attorney general where – you know, we, we were able to represent here in Texas and fight against the president's executive amnesty, his illegal executive amnesty. And now it's the state of Texas doing, frankly, what Congress should have been doing if Congress is doing its job. You don't need to rely on the states. Article 1 should have been pushing back on, on the Article 2 presidency when he was out of line. But, you know, I've, I've stood up there. I've stood up to, to fight against Obamacare, stood up to fight against reckless spending, uh, whether it's cut cap and balance or against the massive asbestos trust fund that they tried to jam through. And it takes people of courage to go stand up and stand alongside of the guys like Senator Cruz and Senator Lee and, and, and uh, Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan and the guys that are doing the Lord's work trying to uh, limit the size and scope of, of the federal government. I'm talking to Chip Roy. Truthfully, most of the nation may not know who you are, but most conservatives who are in this battle in and around Washington, D.C., in and around Texas, know exactly who you are. Uh, and you've decided to come out from behind from a staff role or a think tank role or, as you point out, a prosecutor's role and have put yourself out to run for office. Now, you have many challenges here. Um, I want people to know that um, you have fought strongly, personally, on a private matter, and I want to put this out there, and you so far have, have, have beaten it. Do you want to talk about that? Sure, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah, six years ago, just as I was gearing up to help Governor Perry with his presidential run in 2011, I was helping his policy effort, a little tickle in my throat turned into Hodgkin's lymphoma. And through uh, the great work done at MD Anderson and uh, the free market medicine that I was able to use a trial drug that is now the standard of care, I beat cancer. I've uh, been cancer-free for six years. And I tell you what, it made me a lot stronger. And I made a promise to myself when I came out of that that I was going to do everything I could, uh, leave everything on the field to fight to make this country stronger and pass down a stronger country to my kids, my eight-year-old son now and my six-year-old daughter. Um, they deserve, and every kid in the new generation deserve to get a country passed down to them that's better than, than we inherited. So, um, you know, that was a life-changing moment. The good Lord gives you more time on this planet. And um, I think I've... Uh, should use that time now going to Congress to represent the people of the 21st Congressional District. And to do that, as you know, I need the resources. I need the money. And, and I'd appreciate anybody uh, visiting www.chiproy.com uh, to, uh, to help me out because you can't win these races uh, without the resources. You know, Mr. Producer, let's get that up on my social sites, too. And, and, folks, I want you to know, several years ago, you may recall, I backed a candidate running in Texas that pretty much nobody heard of. And his name was Ted Cruz. 
and I backed a candidate in Utah who was running in the convention there that pretty much nobody ever heard of before. And his name was Mike Lee. Chip Roy is of the same uh, principled philosophy, background, and capabilities. Uh, and he's also a friend, as are Lee and Cruz. So I hope you'll support him. I hope the people in your district uh, will understand what a, what a tremendous opportunity you have, which very few of us get. And if it helps you, I would like to. If it doesn't help you, then fine. But I, I would also like to give you my full-throated endorsement as well. Of course it helps. You're uh, one of the bright lights of the conservative movement that, that's actually providing the intellectual horsepower that we need today to make the arguments that I know the American people deep down believe, but they need leadership in Washington to actually reflect their values. And you're, you're, you're one of the few guys that are actually doing that. And, and you, break, you raise a good point about Senator Cruz and Senator Lee. You know, seven years ago, we were in a very different spot, and we've got – these great movements in a positive direction by getting those guys elected, Senator Paul, Senator Lee, and Senator Cruz. You know, we got the wave of the Tea Party in 2010, and that resulted in the cut, cap, and balance effort in 2011, one of the few bright spots in pushing back on spending. So if the American people uh, raise up their hands and speak out, they can transform Washington if we really work at it. It's a crowded field. If you can get your name out there, if you can hit all the doors, if you can... Run commercials. You'll have a decent shot at this thing. I know you're going to be running probably against a lot of people who claim to be conservative, and then they'll try and slip through, and there'll be nothing more than your typical establishment Republicans. So what is your site again? And I hope all you Levinites out there will help uh, Chip Roy. What What is the site again? It is www.chiproy.com. I really appreciate it, Mark, and, and any of your listeners uh, supporting. Those small-dollar contributions, they're the freest and cleanest money to be able to to free a candidate up to go run. So I really appreciate it. All right. Good luck, Chip, and we'll be talking to you again. Thank God bless you. Thank you. All right. You too. I'm telling you, folks, <laughs> you'll thank me one day the way you do with Cruz and Lee. I'm telling you, that's the caliber we're talking about here. That's the caliber we're talking I've known him a long time. He really is terrific, absolutely terrific. And that short interview doesn't even give him the credit that he deserves. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I should lead a national movement against these damn HOAs. I'm not talking about legitimate decisions and the appropriate exercising of decision making. I'm talking about arrogance and uh, disrespect of the people in the community, and abuse of processes. I'm not kidding. You know, getting a good night's sleep is easier said than done, especially if you hear a noise downstairs. What do you do in that situation? You could turn on all the lights and keep watch. You can sleep with one eye open. You can rest easy knowing that your home and family are protected with Simply Safe. Each Simply Safe system is a complete security arsenal with motion sensors, glass break sensors, entry sensors, and a high definition security camera. You'll have everything you need to keep your family safe. Order Simply Safe online in minutes. Have it on your doorstep this week. Set it up in under one hour. No tools, no hardwiring. Just open the box, plug it in. You'll be protected with professional home security. With Simply Safe, 
no contracts, no hidden fees, and 24-7 professional monitoring, just $14.99 a month. Wow, it doesn't get any better than this. Simply Safe and get some rest. Go to simplysafemark.com and get a special 10% discount when you order today. That's simplysafemark.com for 10% off your order. Simplysafemark.com. Harry, Las Vegas, Nevada, the great K-Don, K-D-W-N, go. Mr. Levin, big fan. How are you? Thank you. Very well. Thank, well, kind of. Excellent. <laughs> I was going to say, HOA's got you down. No. Yeah, well, uh, the, the, trust, trust me, it won't last long. Uh, my money's on you. Yeah. The, I'm actually an HOA manager, so I do this for a living. Yeah. And I get to see both sides of it, but it's, I know it could be very frustrating for a homeowner who's just trying to install a fence. So. Well, it's not only that. They send me to the county, and the county says, we don't really know why you're here. <laughs> it's uh, <clears throat> management. Well, no, but, it sounds uh, like they don't like me. That's, you know what? That could be. That could be. They're not, obviously, they're supposed to be above that. They're supposed to be above that pettiness, if it's the board or the management. But uh, that does happen sometimes. You know, I think the larger issue is also, you know, HOAs aren't... They're built, they're, I call them not, I call them for-profit non-profits. They're built by developers and they're built in mass to be sold, not to be lived in. Alright, and to, to facilitate that, right, they've got, everything is a lot of standardization, including the governing docs, which is nice if it's, if it's well designed and if it's well governed, but, uh, it's you are at the mercy of the board. You're at the mercy of management. Harry, you make great points. You really do. But it also requires people who are rational and people who are just not out to screw everybody who comes before them. Well, there needs to be reverence to, to the home, for the homeowner. They need to understand you're not dealing with, you know, this isn't a guy showing up to a store, buying a, you know, buying a screwdriver and leaving. This is we're dealing with people in their homes. And yeah, and these like these requests are not extraordinary. They're basic, simple, little requests that don't even affect the community. Uh, well, exactly. Listen, there, there's no there's no cure for a lack of common sense, unfortunately, and that's you know that's what you get to deal with. But I'm sure they will they will be backing off soon enough because the last thing on earth they want to do is waste money and have bad PR. Uh, you know, especially when there's when there's nothing to discuss, especially when it's just you know. Uh, like I said, a, a lack of professionalism. All right, my friend. Very good call. I appreciate it. We have one minute left. Let's go with Terry Hoboken, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go right ahead. Mark, great honor. I appreciate you taking my call. I have two questions for you. The first one. you got time for one. Okay. Why is it that uh, Strzok and Orr are not fired? Why are they moved to a different area? It's a damn good question, but you want to know the answer? These quote-unquote civil servants are never fired. They are never, ever fired. Even when the government shut down, they're not fired. They're on vacation. Sorry, that's the truth. Terry, thanks for your call, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Very, very important Levin TV tonight. I hope you'll check it out. And I'll see you tomorrow. Bless you. Thank you. And that's a wrap.